Buzz, Buzz Rothfield, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, good, mate. You got a scoop for me? Oh, mate, this will be good. I enjoy our phone calls, mate. Yeah, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Do I know Matty Johns? Yeah, mate, we're, we're basically best friends. Yeah. Okay, you were following him the other night. <laughs> no, not sus. I know you, Buzz. Um, right, you're in the bushes watching him. Mm-hmm. On bin night. And he had some pizza. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. W- what happens next? He put he put the pizza boxes in the in the red bin and not recycling. Right. Okay, Buzz. Have, have you been sort of sleeping much lately? No. Right. No. 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 I get it. The seriousness of recycling. Yeah. No. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Get it. Right. You want that on the headline in tomorrow's paper? Got it. All right, mate. I'll make a few calls for you. Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. Oh, hang off me. Love you too. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 31. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. And tonight, we've got a full house. We've got Dana, we've got Dee, we've got Coz, and we're ready to rip in and talk all things rugby league. But before we get too carried away, let's jump into our warm-up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Why you not understand? Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. Let's dive straight into this because, you know, I think a lot of people felt very comfortable in the preseason in terms of predicting their top four, you know, which teams were going to represent uh, in the grand final, you know, and, and sort of their predicted premiership winners. But, you know, the season, it's starting to throw up a few sort of different results and things are looking a little bit shaky for a few teams. So that's the question I've got for you guys in the warm up is let's be honest, let's go back into our phone notes. Uh, let's have a look at our ladder uh, prior to round one. Uh, but the exact question I've got for you today is, um, yeah, what was your predicted premiership winner uh, from the preseason? And you've got to be honest. Look, I I was always Seagulls. Always. I will never bet with my head with this one. It's always going to be my heart. And Manly hates you all too. Okay. All right. Look, I, I love the loyalty. A uh, couple of challenges at the moment. <laughs> I was just going to say, man, you must be uh, used to getting let down there, D. Uh, I really am. I really am. You, you saw Disappointment. Them, you saw them at their best and uh, you probably thought, you know, they could do a little bit more, and, you know, and, uh, yeah, it hasn't quite worked out that way. And we won't talk about some of the injury challenges there at Manly at the moment. That is that is brutal, brutal stuff. Coles, what about yourself? Um, you know, there's always sort of a handful of teams you feel pretty comfortable in, but, yeah, we're, yeah. we're slowly starting to see a few teams, you know, the – the Roosters are falling away a little bit. Um, yeah, a few other teams are looking a bit shaky. Yeah, not particularly exciting or innovative with mine, but I thought the Storm, I think maybe some people, they do like to predict that they were going to fall away because of the players that they've lost, but they have got a track record of trying to prove doubt is wrong. So I, I had Storm up there to yeah. win this year, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I had the same. I, I know it's pretty vanilla, but I just thought that um, – you know, this this had a bit of a last dance vibe to it. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to sort of stress out Storm fans. I know we've got one on the panel, but, you know, next season, um, you know, there are a lot of players leaving that club. So I really felt like this was their year. You know, look, you know, um, you know, premierships are not won, you know, to, towards the start of the season. I'm, I'm sure they'll be there or thereabouts. But, um, 
Yeah, uh, I guess the injury crisis is, is something you can never predict and it's something that Melbourne are really battling with. If they can get fit and healthy, um, you know, they're going to cause some problems. But, yeah, definitely looking um, – yeah, this is this is not a Melbourne Storm side that we're used to, that's for sure. Uh, Dana, um, I actually remember the episode where we dove into these predictions. So, uh, yeah, talk to us a little bit about yours. Yeah, look, uh, as much as I appreciate the confidence that – uh, Cos and Dan, you guys both have in Melbourne Storm this year. Um, not that I like to focus on what's going to happen in the future because you don't know because that's 12 months away. Like you can't, like you said, finals don't happen in in May. Um, but yeah, I reckon I remember at the start of the at the start of the year being like, you know what? As much as I hate to admit it, Pen Ref are going to go back to back, and I I hate and I will probably get shot by my father for saying those words out loud. But it's um. It's just they just decide that, yeah, they're a bit weak through origin because they lose all those top players to play for New South Wales mainly. Um, but, you know, it's it's a team that's consistent and even when they have these young guns come up through the system because they've spent the years building it, they are kind of that dominated team at the moment. And as much as I love watching them lose, um, yeah, I just don't think they're going to, which... You know, I hate to admit, but there's a reason I call them Penrith as well. So. <laughs> Look, and, and I think the difference between the two at the moment is Penrith have had, equally, they've had their injury challenges, but it just appears that Penrith can bring any kid from the local area into that football side, and they're an out-and-out superstar. Like, I wonder that, you know, their, their water boy can probably, you know, go out there and do, do a Nathan Cleary type impersonation. They have incredible depth there, and um, some of the youngsters that have emerged this season, you've got to be feeling good about the Panthers. Um, all right, team. Well, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. We'll, we'll keep a close eye on that uh, as the season progresses. But uh, all right, let's continue our chat with footy, dive into our next segment, All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? Is Cameron Smith, this outstanding leader. Thurston, he hits it, he's yes! got it! He's got the field goal! Yeah, and let's dive into our player in focus uh, segment, All Ball. Uh, We continue our Legends series, and this week we're talking about the great Cameron Smith. Now, I know there's a handy golfer out there for all our avid golfing listeners and enthusiasts, but we're talking about, yeah, one of the greatest players to ever uh, play our game in Cameron Smith. Um, Cos, let's start there, and... Let's take it all the way back. Uh, Cam Smith is a very, very interesting, um, I guess, case study, you know, for a lot of, you know, juniors that were watching him. But, you know, when you think about some of the athletic, you know, when you think about some of the amazing athletes that we have in our game, Cam Smith, you know, he he didn't exactly sort of follow that trend, but, yeah, was an incredible player. Yeah, I think they talk about um, athletes versus a rugby league player, and he was a rugby league player, so... Um, obviously he was fit, he did all the work He played how many games consecutively He's got the record for the most um, NRL games played So he was doing something right obviously with his body But it was funny, they called him the accountant Because he just didn't get dirty when he was doing all those tackles It looked like he could do it wearing a suit um, But I think that's that's just the, the funny, strange, interesting thing about his career Is like he, he was so successful, he did all the hard work But he just looked like it was so easy for him somehow and until the sort of the later years, he was sort of blessed with um, not having too many injuries as well. So that always helps in the stats. But he's you know, just an amazing rugby league player and very smart 
as well and knew the game and knew how to um, knew how to get the, the most out of the players that he played with and also um, was quite good at speaking with the match officials as well. <laughs> yeah, he uh, definitely had that skill, that's for sure. Dee, I, I often wonder whether, you know, in an era where we're very much obsessed with um, you know, your athletes, big, fast, physical, you know, and regardless of position, you know, typically that was in the outside backs, but we're now we're starting to see it across the board. I, I just wonder whether, you know, future Cameron Smith might potentially be overlooked because, you know, to Cos's point, this guy was and developed into an incredible footballer, but yeah, we were certainly not seen, uh, you know, I don't think anyone out there predicted, you know, obviously the career that he was going to have, but uh, Dee, take us all the way back and talk to us about your earliest memories of Cameron Smith. Um, there, there is a lot to cover uh, here tonight because he had a <laughs> he had an incredible career. To be completely honest, I did not like him because I didn't like anything to do with man with um, Melbourne. But you know, I think that's the New South Welshman in me, and him being a Queenslander, a dirty Queenslander. But um, look, I honestly, I, I think I was at the time at the Bulldogs um, when he came on to my radar when his goals, his points, his points tally as an individual player was starting to get closer and closer and closer to um, obviously a Bulldogs player favourite of mine. Um, And so that's when he started to to come onto my radar. But like Cos said, how many players do you know could probably, yeah, put on a suit and not get a single speck of dirt on it? I still get away with it. Be best friends with, you know, chump, bum charms with every match official. Um, come out on top and just play like they hadn't actually broken a sweat. I don't know how many players can do that nowadays. It does come with a lot of experience. Um, he obviously got thrown in the deep end a lot earlier on when he flew down south when he was a very, very, very young man. Um, and it's too bad that the end of his career didn't, didn't blow up in the flamboyant nature that you'd like to hope it would. It was very, very quiet, um, despite months and months and months of everybody trying to figure out what the hell he was doing and all of a sudden a book came out. <laughs> but I think that is his style. Um, I, he came onto my radar a long time ago when his his um, points tally started to reach uh, triple figures and quadruple figures and I started to get nervous. To be honest, I was uh, I was waiting for for Dee's comments because well, you know she's a she's a dirty New South Wales lady, but um, oh, yeah, blue, it's, blue. it's something that um, obviously as a Melbourne supporter and like I follow Queensland as well is it was very obviously uh, it was very easily noticed that everyone from New South Wales hated Cameron Smith with a passion, whether you hated Storm or didn't give two shits about if they won or lost a game. For some reason, every single person that I ever spoke to that went for New South Wales hated Cam Smith. And I, I asked for a reason. I was like, why? I, I literally would be like, what about him do you hate? If you can give me a reason, I'll, that's fine. And I think a lot of people were just kind of like, it was, it was a, oh, he was chummy with the refs, so you guys are paying them. And it's like, well, no, he just likes to communicate and that kind of stuff. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, so, like, give me a, an actual explanation. I think it was just that you, you, for an origin standpoint, I'm like, we got eight in a row, I think, or more than kind of thing. And it was just like, I think people in New South Wales were just angry at how good he was. Um, a bit like how people, how, yeah, how people at the moment, like, hate on Nathan Cleary because he is so consistently good. And, you know, you just pick on him because he's 24 or whatever and is kind of up in that big leagues. But just to just to touch on those points there, uh, 
Uh, D, it was uh, 2,786 points he got in his 430 games in his 19 NRL uh, season career. Uh, 72% winning streak uh, is definitely a goat in my book, as it should be for a lot of other people. But, yeah, um, yeah the, the things that obviously I'm, I'm a disgustingly biased person for his existence, um, but the things that, that he brought to Melbourne Storm as well in the – in the 19, 20 years he was there, um, you know, what he's done for the club while he was there and then after his retirement as well, uh, what he's done for the game after that retirement through his career and just for rugby league and the NRL in general is something that is definitely going to go down in the history books, whether you like him or not. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's really interesting to get, you know, people's different, you know, views and opinions on his career and, you know, I, I think that's what made him great as well. Is he just brought so much passion out of everyone that sort of followed his career? You know, what what you know, we'll obviously touch on what made him great. You know, there, there's a there's plenty of you know good quality players and players that will um, you know go down in history. But you know, in terms of you know arguably being one of the greatest players of all time, you know, what what sort of what was so great about Cameron Smith? Well, you know, let's sort of work our way through it. You know, for me, longevity and consistency was a big part of his story. Um, there's a lot of players in today's game that struggle to play consistent football for 19 days consecutively let alone 19 years so it's pretty incredible and you know I, I think what you know one of my biggest memories of, of Cam Smith is where where was his bad games you know and and even if you know he probably was down a little bit it was an eight out of ten and you know that that just immediately um, you know takes you to the top um, you know some other you know amazing things you know and again you know we could spend hours just going through his career but I thought the start of his career was um, you know, I, I think that really sort of set him up. You know, he was this, you know, young, skinny kid that came out of Queensland, as you mentioned, went down into the Melbourne system. But, you know, they took a really big chance on him and brought him into the Queensland State of Origin representative field as, as a young kid. And, uh, you know, he was able to sort of, you know, um, you know, come up against some of New South Wales' greatest ever players. Um, and he sort of felt what it was like to, you know, not get the result and, and, and not be successful. And, you know, for me, he was able to sort of internalise that that pain and those memories and then didn't he turn it around? You know, he absolutely tortured New South Wales, Dana, for close to a decade and more um, in, in what was an incredible career. Um, some of his technical play, you know, really, really interesting in terms of the way in which he played hookup. You know, some of the things that gets overlooked was his kicking game from dummy half. Um, you know, speak to a lot of younger players who play dummy half and, have, you know, have very good delivery. Cam Smith had that, obviously, but... You know, he, he, his ability to, um, you know, get Melbourne Storm out of trouble, Dana, you know, when things weren't going well, you know, fourth, fifth tackle, you're, you're 20, 30 metres out from your own line. Cam Smith ducks out, uh, ducks out dummy half and puts a long kick in. It's, um, you know, it, it's a bit of a trademark play of his. And then, uh, Dana, another point I'll get you to, uh, to talk to us about is his ability to, um, you know, not float through games, but, you know, manage his energy so that he's as effective at the 79th minute, as he is in the first couple of minutes. You know, you see so many young, energetic, athletic players that burn themselves out. One of the one of the great things is that the best of Cam Smith, he was always available uh, with those clutch plays in those final minutes. So, again, I'll give you a little bit more time here. I know how much you love Cam Smith, but um, technically he was a very, very good dummy half and, um, yeah, it's someone who's going to go down the history books. Oh, yeah, 100%. He is definitely one of those people that 
you watched any game of Melbourne Storm that he played in, and that kick chase game is something that was solidified in the game. Like you couldn't watch a game of Melbourne Storm without that being one play, like a play at least once. And you see that a lot in Harry Grant and Cameron Munster and stuff now, kind of that's solidified in the club as that massive kicking game is kick chase it, follow it up, get a try off the back of it kind of thing. But it's definitely like even watching a highlight reel, obviously to prep for this episode, I got this. Sounds so embarrassing, but I started tearing up because I was just so I was just sitting at my computer just smiling. Like I was just so happy that, you know, he he brought so much to the game. And, you know, the thing is, is you can list off his accolades for so long, but he was also just such a lovely person. Uh, like obviously I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times at Melbourne Storm Player of the Year Awards uh, over the years, and then just at open trainings and stuff in Melbourne and you know, even I've seen him a few times like at shopping centres and stuff in public when I was younger and he would always kind of stop and have a chat, whether it was with his family or it was with his, his, you know, with other players or by himself. He was just kind of like on and off the field. He was just a, a really genuine guy and kind of just, and I again, I think that's just why people hated him because you had nothing to hate him for because, you know, there was players at his stature as well, you know, in the 2010s as well, that had the same, might have had the same, similar skills, but they were a dickhead off the field or, you know, they didn't take the time to like get to know people. Um, and I think that's just something he was always, from the stories that I've heard from the people that I kind of know within NRL and that kind of stuff is he was one of the first people there and he was one of the last people to leave. And he would shake everyone's hand, whether you're a chef or a, you're in the, a barista making a coffee or Craig Bellamy, he would talk to and stop everyone. He treated everyone equally. And I think that's something that, you know, he has to be admired for as well. But obviously, um, you know, you can't go past a two-time Dallium player of the year, hooker of the year, I think seven or eight times, like captain of the year, representative. You know, you got three, I'm going to test technically four premierships under your belt, like countless re- so records for most career games and career points, 56 tests for Australia, like, you cannot – the list just literally goes on. Okay. And I think my favourite my favorite stat, just quickly, uh, by that I've looked up recently is that the only time he played a game where there was – it was nothing dipped below 50% in win rate. So his first season in 2002, Melbourne Storm had a win rate of 50% for the season. Every single season after that was a, did not drop below 57%. And I think that is just an incredible statistic to kind of add to that. Yes, I understand the team sports, not just Cameron Smith, but he put a lot of those points on the board that would have helped that statistic rise. And you can kind of pinpoint the years they were on the up and then that won that grand final. 2017, we had a 91% winning rate. Of course, we were going to win the premiership. Kind of look at any other club and you'll see that kind of consistency through it but it's just like I said you, you a lot of the times you don't see that consistency anymore and I think Cam Smith just had it and he was just honestly like a one in a million and I could honestly I could talk about him for hours like for hours but uh we're not allowed to so <laughs> I think Dee will kill me <laughs> he's uh no de- definitely an incredible player and um yeah definitely has to I'd love to see that trophy room that's for sure because let's um quickly round this off a couple of couple of quick more things on in football IQ you know understood the game better than you know, a lot of plays in his generation, which obviously gave him the advantage. I thought his defense was underrated too. You know, he wasn't the biggest player, but, you know, um, you know his uh, technical ability in defense I thought was really, really impressive. And as, as, D men- uh, as Dana mentioned, I really feel like his leadership 
was something that he was able to carry through at all representative levels. He was someone that inspired players. So, um, yeah, all right. Well, look, uh, just last little question for you guys in all ball. No sitting on the fence. So often the question we ask here is, you know, would this player sort of look to, you know, be a Hall of Famer? I think we all know the question to that. But the question I've got for you, I've got two questions. Um, you know, is Cam Smith an immortal? And then my second question is, is he the greatest player of all time? So Cos going to start there. Uh, yes, and well, not having been able to watch everyone, but I think yes because you you cannot argue with the the stats and also um, like Dana so mentioned how he was able to bring out the best in the players around him as well and comfortable with he's just so smart about the game. Um, I think he should go into coaching just how how much knowledge he has about it and how he could help bring it out from others. But I, I'll just say yes, yes. But I am a biased Queenslander, so D? of course. It, of course. <laughs> Level us out a little bit here, D. What's your thoughts? So, everything I'm about to say is going to hurt every single part of my soul and my being. Um, but it is true, New South Welshman really only hate on him because we don't have anyone like him. Um, but I dare say he is an immortal. I don't see anyone now that's anything near or as close to playing at the same capacity and the same level as he has, Um, not even at the same professionalism level, if I'm honest. What about Goat? Um, What about Goat? Is he the greatest of all time? It's so painful. I love love, it. What's your thoughts? uh, At this point in time, I think his – I can't. I can't 100% put my entire body into That's the fine. path for I, I, him. I'm going to take that as a no. I'm going to take that as a no. We're <laughs> going to run with that. That's a yes. Uh, that's look, a yes. She just doesn't want to say it. Look, for me, uh, immortal, yes, obviously. Greatest of all time. <laughs> look, very difficult. Him, him v. Joey. Uh, don't have time for the debate. I think we'd really have to dig into that and really sort of pull it apart because they don't. they both have their pros and cons. One of the things that you can't take away from Cam Smith, though, is his CV. You know, he, he's winning, you know, the, the actual championships yeah. that he's got, his CV, his resume, that's something that really makes it very, very difficult for a local Newcastle, Hunter Valley, Newcastle Knights supporter, lover of all things, John's brothers. Um, <laughs> it makes it very, very difficult for me to throw out the words. But, um, yeah, could certainly see why people put Cam Smith in, in the GOAT um, conversation, that's for sure. Um, Dana, just quickly, I've got a yes and yes from you. Oh, yeah, 100%. But I also just want to quickly touch on that he has been added to the coaching side with Billy Slater for State of Origin. Uh, So I'm very excited to see Origin this year. I actually cannot wait because at the moment, obviously, everyone rabbits on about New South Wales and their um, their side with Nico Hines and Delphi Nukin and Josh Adokar and all those boys. And I'm just so excited to see what Cam Smith and Billy Slater can bring from a coaching side of it because they were so good on the field. And I just can't wait for Origin. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be here before we know it. As a New South Wales fan, uh, yeah, let's see how we go. I, th- I think the injuries need to calm down a little bit as well. Uh, there's, there's some interesting things happening at the moment. But there we go, Cameron Smith, um, legend of our game. Um, yeah, lo- love obviously talking about him. We'll obviously cover him more in future episodes. But, uh, yeah, one of the all-time legends of our game. All right, team, let's jump into our uh, next segment, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. 
All right, Dana, this is a pretty interesting one here. Well, actually, no, Coz, I'm going to throw to you because this is the Battle of Our Legends, Canberra Raiders. Um, we're going to go down to the nation's capital. And uh, the question I've got for you is Laurie Daly v. Ricky Stewart as players. So, you know, a lot of our modern-day listeners would be, uh, you know, obviously know them pretty well for, from their coaching CVs. But, yes, they were incredible legends of our game, um, achieved a lot, um, you know, on the pitch as players. So, yeah, this is a, this is a tricky one, Cos. Where are you going here, Laurie Daly or Ricky Stewart? This is an interesting one because, again, a few New South Walesies, but it was just when doing the research, it's quite strange how similar their career tra- trajectories are as well, how they, they're both Canberra legends, they've gone into coaching, they've just a lot of a lot of parallels there. But I think, I don't know, it's a hard one to pick. And just the number of games they played as well is pretty much the same, even though I think just Laurie is the, only, is the one club player and obviously Ricky went to the doggies. But I think in my memory, I remember Laurie Daly more and I think I, that's why I'll lean towards him, I think, in this in this battle here. Just um, And all the highlights, I just see that he, he seemed like he was hard, hard to take. It was obviously in an attacking role, but he was hard to hard to tackle as well so and Ricky Stewart was a pest so I don't really like pests on the field so I think I'm leaning towards Laurie just just from my vague memories of a child as well of just Laurie seemed to be more in the highlights for me yeah Loz was a problem he was a serious (laughs) footballer and uh Sticky Stewart being a pest yeah absolutely he uh yeah, definitely got under player skins, that's for sure. Um, yeah, Dana, what, what's your what's your thoughts on this one? Um, Laurie v. Ricky. Um, yeah, it, it is pretty incredible when you look at their CVs. Very, very similar. Achieved everything in, in the game. But, um, yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts on this one? Uh, if I'm completely honest, I actually don't know if I was alive for half of their careers. Uh, and I didn't start watching NRL until I was about 12. So um, I just went for the coaching. So... Um, but, you know, from what I've looked at, what I've kind of learnt is that Laurie Daly was, you know, very physical. Um, he was a very hard-hitting man. He wasn't a small man either. So he was kind of on the field and you knew he was on the field. Um, you know, he was strong running. He was just hit hard as well. But he had that that speed and agility that you kind of didn't see coming. And if he threw it at you, you just kind of like, oh, shit, he's gone past, you've got to try. Um, and I just kind of. I'm hearing too, Laurie uh, Daly's here. Yeah, look, I just can't stand grubby New South Welshmen. <laughs> and uh, Ricky Stewart sounds like one of them, so I'm not a fan. But he also kind of gives, like, very angry Craig Bellamy vibes. Like, watching the game the other week, I literally was waiting for him. I was like, throw the drink bottle, throw the drink bottle, throw the drink bottle, throw the drink bottle, which is what uh, Belliac does when we're up, you know, up shit creek. So, um, yeah, look, I just I think that's something I can't get past. You know, he had a very strong... You know, kicking game and like, like you said, he just kind of was a shit talker on the field. And I'm just, I'm really not a big fan of that. It's like play the game. You don't have to be a grub. Like you better play a game. I get that. You know, it's important, but also it's just a game. So um, yeah, no, I'm gonna we're gonna go, go Laurie Daly. Gonna go Laurie. Yeah, look for me. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting when you look at their their playing styles. Um, Ricky was an incredible uh, playmaker, organizer, communicator. As you mentioned, had a very strong kicking game and. You know, he came through a different era of football. You know, he was five foot nine, eighty kilos, so he had to have an edge about him um, to be able to, you know, mix it with players in the middle. There was always forwards that were trying to. It's not like the modern day game where you've got the uh, the 
bunker to kind of protect you and, and late hits, you know, um, sticky in that halfback role. He took um, some incredible punishment, um, was as tough as they come. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we took, we spoke earlier about Cam Smith and his leadership. That's the thing that sort of, you know, came through with Ricky Stewart is he was able to inspire uh, his teammates. And, you know, you look at some of the modern day teams where, they're just struggling to find a number seven, a general, someone that can get them around the football field, come up with the right plays um, and, you know, be that sort of longer term leader. So, yeah, Ricky, you know, one of the all time greats for the Raiders, an incredible footballer, you know, and, and had a pretty, pretty well um, established representative career as well. Again, coming through a time when there were, there were some serious competition for those spots as well. So, um, yeah, Ricky Stewart. Uh, but, yeah, look, for me, I, I you know, I, I hate to agree with everyone so far, but I'm going to go with Loz as well. Um, different type of footballer, um, a very rare, unique player, and he came through a, a period where the Canberra Raiders were known for their physicality. They were a big, strong physical team. Um, you think about, you know, Laurie Daly, you know, when he was a little bit younger, playing with Mal Meninga and a few of these players. Um, you know, Laurie just had an edge about him. He was, um, you know, incredibly physical. Um, Dana, you touched on his running ability. I thought that was a really big strength of his, and to be honest, it, 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 reflecting on his career and what he was able to achieve and the type of play that he was, he could play nearly any position. You know, we know about his history being out of, you know, sort of started out in the centres, had a little bit of pace about him, um, you know, being able to sort of play in the lock. I, I just, you know, you, you look at some of these legends and you just you just wish they were able to play in, in the modern game because um, the 2020 uh, Rugby League is built for Laurie Daly. He would be an incredible lock with uh, ball-playing ability, being able to mix it with some of those forwards. He was six foot tall, 90 kilos, but again, as tough as they come. Uh, yep, so for me, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. Laurie Daly for me. Um, D, oh, okay, here we go. Do we have a clean sweep or, or, or are we no, starting to show not. a little bit of love for Sticky Stewart? Shame on you all. Sticky it is. Sticky Ricky. Now, I, again, I was quite young. I was literally only born when the 1989 came through the world. But my earliest memory of him it was when my dad and his mates would come around for Friday night footy at our house. They'd have a few drinks and then my dad would coach me in all things Ricky Stewart and Mal Meninga and, and he would just go down the list of that entire team. And obviously as Ricky came into the coaching scene, it would be the same thing. You see that? You see that? That's a different kind of coach just sitting there. You see that? So for me, it's Sticky Ricky, not just because he's a New South Welshman, but a lot of it is because he's a New South Welshman. Um <laughs> But I, I think it was incredible. There's something about, you know, your your career and, and and the footprint you've left on that on that footy pitch when people are still talking about you now. And you're a coach and they're still talking about your playing career. And so, look, just just quietly, the Canberra Raiders, they're, they're still looking for a seven to, to fill that jersey that he left. So, uh, yeah, no, two, two incredible legends of our games. Good to see, um, yeah, Ricky getting a little bit of love there. Certainly deserved it. All right, team, let's jump through to our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, team, this is our final uh, team tonight in this particular series. We've uh, battled our way through all 16 clubs. Uh, tonight, the question I've got for you is, who is your ret- uh, retired, your favourite retired Bulldogs player, the last team um, to chat about? Uh, Dana, I'm going to start with you. 
just because I'm uh, in a bit of a smart-ass mood today, I'm going to pick Nicholas Meany, who <laughs> currently plays for Melbourne Storm, but I guess he's technically retired from the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, nah, but he, he was there for a couple of years. He had played uh, 60 games, got 22 tries, which you know is a lot for a young kid because he is only 24 years old. So he's an incredibly strong player that I think, you know, obviously your beloved Newcastle let go too early, um, you know, but he, I think he did really well while he was at Canterbury, as much as I hate to admit that there's something good about New South Wales. But um, I am very, very happy that he's now in Melbourne. I think it's the push that he needed. Like everyone loves to mention, we're losing all these players, um, you know, come the end of this year to obviously some other sides. But I think he's going to be a kind of good stepping stone to help uh, push forward Melbourne Storm this year, but yeah, that, so we're going to go Nick Meany. Yeah, that's definitely a shit stirring <laughs> answer. I love it, Nick Meany. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to. I'm going to be fair, but anyway, I, let's just say I didn't see these Billy Slater type qualities uh, when he was playing in other journey uh, jerseys. Let's just say that. Uh, look for me, favorite retired Bulldogs player. Look, it's a split between Willie Mason, uh, Big Willie, and Marco Milley. You know, those two were. You know, you, you know, the dogs of war of the eighties, you know, that, that's obviously the era of um, football that everyone's, you know, wanting the bulldogs to, to become. And there was a period there where they were able to, to achieve it. And, um, yeah, uh, Willie Mason, Mark O'Mealy, they were two of the best front rowers in the game at the time. And, um, you know, they, they had a lot of football about them. You know, Willie, you know, for a lot of things about his career, I think, you know, just his overall athleticism, I think, was a little bit undersold, you know, un- undervalued. Um, yeah, he was an incredible player. And Marco Mealy, as tough as they come. So, for me, two of the bigger boys, um, yeah, yeah, really good memories watching them play and um, destroy opposition. Uh, Cos, what about yourself? Something unpredictable. I'm going to pick some Queenslanders here, but JT obviously played there, but you don't think of him as a Bulldogs player. But in saying that, Steve Price was one. I think he was just such a gentleman and I really very much enjoyed watching him play big forward, doing his thing. But I think the one I have to pick is Jason Hetherington. Um, I worked with him a little bit when he was coaching the women's team here and he's just a classic. He's a hilarious man. And he was also a good player. I think we kind of forget how good he was in um, just what he did and he's yeah, he's just fun. So. Big Jace. Yeah, I love that. No, he, he was a high quality player. Played played a bit of rep as well, and um, yeah, definitely a doggy's legend. That's for sure. Um, D, um, what about yourself? There are, you know, when you look back and you see some of the players that have come through, you know, Canterbury really have had dominant periods consistently. Like that, that you know, very rarely huh. the dogs sort of struggling. Um, the period they're going through at the moment is pretty rare. So um, yeah, where, where'd you go here with um, dogs legends? Oh, look, they've had. They've had some good times in the past. They've had some really, really strong seasons in the past. They've had, like you said, JT started there. They had Sonny Filmy Williams. They had everything from top down. But my pick was El Magic. You can't, for me, you can't go past Hazem. Um, Every kick was entertaining itself. You just wanted him to kick just so you could watch him do the banana kicks. He wanted the players to score in the corner so he could do those kicks. He could... Um, you watched him and, and I feel like at the time it brought a lot more personally, so feel free to say if I'm wrong, but it just feels like he brought so much entertainment to the kicking component of footy where it wasn't just about scoring those amazing tries and, you know, incredible athleticism and gymnastics on the field and doing the splits in the air as you dive over the flags, but being able to to show some real entertainment and everybody now watching and you see a lot of the, you know, 
the matches now where you're watching the players kick these incredible kicks and they're putting so much effort in. But um, for me, it's, it was Hazem. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a really good choice. And, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty difficult for other kickers in the game and for other coaches because if you're another coach, you know, you're talking to your kicker being like, come on, how hard is this, you know, conversion thing? You know, Hazem's kicking them at... You know, 80, 90 percent. You know, let, let, let's figure this out. But um, no, he was uh, he was a very special talent, a high quality player as well. Um, so Hasmel Mazuri, definitely, you know, one of the one of the greatest uh, bulldogs to um, to wear those colours. That's for sure. All right, team. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things uh, rugby league. You can see the state um, alliances starting to build, <laughs> state of origin not too far away. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. Uh, how to continue supporting the NRL show? Simple. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.